0: Welcome to another edition of Illinois Innovators. I'm Mike Kuhn, your host. Joining us now, Kale Mayak. He's the founder of the startup Invoke Health. Welcome to the program. Hi, Nice to be here. So tell us about the idea of Invoke Health. And uh, you're a a native of India, I believe. Talk about the health concerns that uh, that they have and what you're trying to address. Sure. Um,
1: Invoke Health right now, um, we're trying to solve the problem at, at, in developing countries where there's a significant lack of physicians. Um, India is sh- short of two million physicians by uh, by the most conservative estimate and so as you can imagine we just can't train enough doctors to be able to deliver healthcare care in, in, in developing countries that are um, that are fairly overpopulated. And so we we have to build tools and we have to build computational tools to be able to enable not just physicians to do more things with their time to do it more efficiently, but also deeper systems that can sort of improve patient outcomes. So right now we're helping healthcare organizations in India make sort of data-driven clinical decisions um, that significantly improve efficiency of healthcare organizations, uh, that improve efficiency of doctors, but also um, end up improving uh, patient outcomes, um, so that they patients remain healthier for for a longer for longer periods of time. Um, And uh, we are enabling lots of research organizations with the data that they need to be able to make larger advancements in healthcare.
0: So give us some examples of what those would be.
1: Sure, Um, so one example we're we're really excited about is breast cancer screening. Um, Right now, if a patient walks in and has to be screened for breast cancer, it is sort of a one-size-fits-all protocol. Um, so they, doctors usually end up over-prescribing tests, so it becomes very expensive, it, it's time-consuming, patient is in the hospital for hospital system for longer periods of time, and there's a possibility of late diagnoses. Um, last year, so some researchers came out with a machine learning algorithm that actually takes in some data about the patient and then clusters them, so separates, sep- separates them into um, some N clusters. And each of those groups of, uh, of of patients now have their own sort of treatment workflows that are predicted based on existing data sets and existing outcomes. Um, this algorithm was published last year and, and it hasn't found its way into practice because it's so hard for physicians today to be able to h- rec- hire software engineers and build this algorithm for them and then start using it in their practice. So what we're doing is providing physicians a platform uh, that, that allows um, them to click on this breast cancer algorithm and start using it for their patients. Um, what this is going to do is not only going to improve uh, the accuracy of, of screening and diagnostic tests for, for patients, but it's also going to significantly reduce costs because tests are not, not over-prescribed anymore um, and patients who can't afford to do too many tests now now have a, have a much clearer idea of their health. And so this is just one example of the many uh, health algorithms that exist that, that improve patient outcomes. and that do not make their way into clinical practice today because especially in India um, because the software, the the data infrastructure
0: doesn't exist for to allow that that to happen. So you're a senior in computer science here at the University of Illinois. How long have you been working on the project? I've been working on this project since January
1: of 2015. Um, That's when I visited India um, and got in touch with some community health organizations through my father Um, and that was my first exposure to healthcare. I never really thought much about it uh, before, but it intrigued me, and and there was a certain possibility to use all of the engineering that we've learned in computer science to be really able to shape how um, healthcare is being done, and and that's also evident in the College of Medicine that's going to be here, um, that's tied up with engineering, and everyone believes that engineering and medicine are two things that need to go hand in hand. To be able to not just cure um, symptoms, but to actually fix aging or, or to cure disease in 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 human life.
0: Well, I know a lot of people feel like big data. Uh, one of the big benefic- beneficiaries of big data is going to be in the healthcare, just mm-hmm. because of all the records and things like that that mm-hmm. um, that you need to process and mm-hmm. need to have at your fingertips. Is, right. Are these the type of things that you're hoping to address and and really take advantage of? the computation that's now available to be able to benefit healthcare?
1: Sure. Um, so so first of all, we, we really avoid using the word big data right. in our company because it just has gotten conflated with so many things and so many people claiming um, big data, which actually has, has, has several technical definitions to it. Um, so, so, so certainly we do believe that we have large data sets that will be useful. Um, we know certain things about the human body, but we don't know a lot. And a, a lot of the a lot of the discoveries that will happen in the future will happen because of our ability to compute on these large data sets. You know, sequencing the human genome was a part of it. Um, we could do that because we had computational power, because we could write algorithms to assemble assemble the human genome. Uh, and so similarly, uh, we are going to be able to work on, on data about diseases and about, about clinical data and patient data to be able to understand more about, about humans, to discover or invent more things and, and, and ultimately improve sort of the quality of life.
0: Who will benefit? Will it be more researchers, more practitioners or maybe a little bit of both?
1: So, so the direct benefit uh, right now will be the practitioners because that is a much easier um, or, or, or I would say a much simpler way to start making an impact or to start uh, building technology that helps people. Um, so right now the knowledge that's being generated, we can get to the physicians. But eventually as we keep doing this, you know, more knowledge gets generated because of our platform or because of just the fact that data is being recorded and then researchers would be able to access that and um, do really interesting science with it. And that's our hope for, for the next five years.
0: Outside of India, where have you been to, uh, to test and, and to, to learn problems and try to develop solutions?
1: Sure. Um, we, so the Global Health Initiative at the University of Illinois is heavily tied with Sierra Leone and Najal University. And my thesis advisor actually um, took our software to Sierra Leone last year. And they were really intrigued by what we, what we had built and um, say they would love to have us come in and, and see what we can do to, to build their health infrastructure. And so we have not yet, um, I mean, I have not personally been to Sierra Leone yet. I'm going to be flying there in May um, and we're going to help them at least pilot a part of the, this mobile health application that we built um, in the first year of the company and, and then try to fit it to the needs of Sierra Leone and see are there health solutions that can be built around this thing and can Sierra Leone sort of leapfrog um, as, as so many developing countries tend to do, um, tend to not repeat the mistakes that, that develop, developed countries have made and, and sort of um, be a lot more advanced in, in lots of areas.
0: So take us a little bit about behind the technology, um, you know, how it works, um, what are the basic benefits, applications uh, that you're seeing, and then what may be the benefit down the road as you kind of build on this application?
1: So, so we started off with building a mobile application for healthcare workers. So just to give you a background, because of a lack of physicians, India has a large number of community health organizations. Um, and what they do is they will train people who are not professionally or medically trained. They will train um, these folks to use certain processes and use certain algorithms to diagnose Certain diseases, or to administer drugs for certain diseases, or to do specific public health interventions without having the necessary medical expertise or medical knowledge that, that you get when you train for five or 10 years. And this is really sort of a revolutionary idea um, that has been around for about 30 or 40 years, is, is now that we can do very basic health care without, without there being really there being physicians. Um, So the first thing that we built was for a healthcare organization in India, and we built a tablet-based system so that their health workers can interact with these algorithms or these clinical processes that um, the health organizations have built over the years, right? And so an example of that would be uh, diagnosing pneumonia in infants, right? There is there are specific steps that, that go with that, right? You have to enter in data, um, there are certain ranges, so between five and 10, or 10 and 20, and there's about 100 such fields, and once you fill them out and you do some, some computation, in the end you can figure out um, what drug to administer, or um, does the infant have pneumonia, or what, what the next steps are. It's almost like decision trees. Um, that's kind of how doctors' brains work. <laughs> And and so when so over 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 the year year and a half since we since we got started in twenty fifteen we built a health worker application that helps them collect patient data on the field in their local language, uh, which is Marathi, uh, which is a state in uh, state in India, uh, uh, Maharashtra is state in India. and Marathi is the is the language, um, and it helps these healthcare workers interact with the patient, um, enter in data into the system, and then and then interact with the forms that exist on our application to be able to decide what to do in a situation of, um, of a patient trying to seek care. And if, they, if, the, if the app is, is, is limited by its, its scope and knowledge and the health worker is limited by its scope and knowledge, then they refer the patient to, the, to, the, to a doctor that might be 50 or 100 miles away. Um, so, so right now the technology, for this specific use case, which we call data aggregation, in some ways is built on Android, um, and it collects the data. It has certain algorithms that we've built with the clinicians at these health organizations. So we don't claim any medical expertise, um, but we we help them fit those to the application, and we have, we have it deployed to about. So we have hundred we have data of 120,000 patients at this point. And so that's sort of the first part of it. And the second part, the computational part, is mainly geared towards a little larger healthcare systems like a hospital or a larger clinic where uh, we have a deal with a, with a cancer cancer re- research hospital in India. And a lot of the, the breast cancer analytic or all of these certain algorithms that I we, that we, that we just talked about. We would be deploying to physicians in in these hospitals. So a physician would have a computer with a web browser and a very very simple intuitive interface to be able to interact with this tool um, and and use it to improve their practice.
0: You're a comput- uh, computer scientist. W- you know what was the learning curve in ter- terms of learning uh, about health and um- you know who who do you who did you talk to and who have you brought on to to try to to help you in in that uh, realm and so that you can use your skills to to help people sure um
1: it's a great question it was it was really interesting because we had some of the best mentors you know our first customer in a way was was a pioneer in the in the public health space so they were really really great at guiding us into doing research and it, it's kind of like a 24-hour job at this point and so when I'm not doing computer science stuff, I'm usually just reading about these things, and so um, it was it was it was a fairly steep learning curve in, initially. But reading a lot of research papers and books and things like that helped helped out. Um, I also have I'm lucky to have really great mentors in the health informatics space, especially in Chicago. So I, I part time interned at a. Healthcare analytics firm called Vida last year or during the summer, and um, their founder and their their team is just incredible, and, and they were incredibly supportive uh, of my learning because uh, I had a personal relationship with their CEO, and and he knew what I was trying to do with with my own my own startup, my own company, and so that was sort of vital in me jumping into this space of of clinical informatics, health informatics. Uh, what what does that really mean? How are doctors interfacing with? With software today, and how computer science can can help them um, deliver better care
0: to to their patients. So, what's been the feedback so far?
1: It's been great. Um, we certainly uh, there's bugs in software that that, that we end up fixing uh, here and there every every few weeks. But people really are enjoying having control over their data and their knowledge. Um, and 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 being able to allocate resources more effectively is always an interesting use case for anyone. And because resources are scarce, um, and, in, and, and hopefully not, but, but are seemingly increasingly scarce, um, we, 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 we tend to see lots of interesting use cases that, that, have, that have surfaced around how we're gonna allocate our money, how we're gonna allocate our time, where does training need to go, um, and, and things like that.
0: So having the idea is one thing, Creating a startup is as, as another thing. Just talk about what the business model looks like, where you are in terms of developing the startup and and getting it onto the market, and how beneficial has you know the Technology Entrepreneur Center and some of the other resources on the University of Illinois campus been in order to get to that step?
1: Yeah, it, it definitely is um, very different. You know, building a company versus working on a a hack or a side project like 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 um, like most students most students end up doing because it's just such an interesting intellectual exercise building a while building a company I think the most important thing to, to the most important thing to learn is is survival I think um, your idea can only survive as long as there is a container or a structure around it to hold it. Your idea will, will never be able to survive on its own or even your product will never be able to survive on its own. And the structure that that I'm that I'm talking about is your company or your or your business. So currently I mean, just sort of diving di- diving in right now, our our business model is we're selling to healthcare organizations. We already have we're kind of like revenue positive in, in a lot of ways. Um they're paying us sort of like an annual fee to be able to use some of our software and, and presumably that's gonna change in the future as we uh, find more product market fit and we refine, refine our product more. But from a, from a more higher level, I think it becomes really important to think about all of these other categories, right? Um, all of the, all of the engineers love building cool stuff, right? It's, it's so uh, it's something called feature creep, which is it's just all engineers have great ideas and they wanna just keep building interesting things, but it's something I learned very recently was, was balancing that with product discipline, right? Your your job as a founder is to ensure the survival of your company so that you get to do what you do. It's not the other way around. It's not you're doing what you want to do, which is then ensuring the survival of, of, of a certain entity. And so I spend a lot of my time, uh, more than half I would say, um, selling um building our business model uh building revenue pipelines uh relationships with customers raising capital thinking about the team and then uh, and then thinking about the product um and then the last step is kind of like engineering it which is which is why any of us get into this thing is because it's so interesting to to all the engineers um but Having to do all these other steps um, has, has been a, has been an interesting process, and and uh, that is that is definitely the, the the difference between just having an idea or even having code in a product, and then having a business. And I would say we, we still haven't figured out most of it, <laughs> but but we're trying. Um, resources on campus that have helped. Um, the ecosystem is is incredible. Um, I was very lucky as a freshman to have a mentor um, who passed away, away recently, uh, Paul Magelli, senior, um, who was a professor at the BIF, uh, in, the, in the School of Business. I'm sorry, um, and he was the he was really the one who introduced me to the entire ecosystem. And so I I coincidentally did COSAD my freshman year as well with another team of of two PhDs, and we were trying to build a. Knowledge sharing, data management platform for for labs uh, in in the science community, uh, and that was my interface with with the technology entrepreneurship center, uh, and eventually with the iVenture accelerator, which was again pivotal um, to having us build because uh, it it allowed me and, and a few others to forego internships and actually uh, s- spend the summer doing what we love doing, and and that visceral experience of of having total control over what we're building and the excitement and and working for 18 hours and not feeling like it was work, um, it, it really helped us not only shape the culture, but also helped me define what I want to do and, and how I want to feel about about what I do. And so um, there's definitely been tangible benefits like money and space and networks and relationships. But I think the most important thing is, is sort of having enough um, role models to be able to um, sort of like get courage from and, 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 and continue doing this thing.
0: So tell us a little bit about your team. And um, you, you mentioned a little bit about raising capital. Where are you finding the funding coming from uh, in this early stage?
1: The f- the first set of funds that we got was actually um, from a professor who is was retired now, Dr. Price. He ran the iFoundry certificate program, um, and I knew him, and, and so I just asked him if I could get two thousand dollars to go to India and, and and do some research for a week, and, and he said yes. Yeah. So, so those are those very initial funds. Um, since then, we've had pre seed funds from iVenture and and such. Um, the, the, the process of raising capital right now, the way, the way it looks like for us, is, is we're getting ready to raise a seed round um, soon because I will be graduating in December, actually. I'm taking an extra semester because I'm also part of the technology and management program, uh, which is a minor in, in the College of Business, College of Engineering. Um, and so we're, we're getting ready to raise our seed round hopefully by the end of this year. Um, and, and so currently, our costs are very, very minimal. Um, I'm working on this full time. Um, my 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 longtime friend slash roommate, um, who is also a computer science engineer and, and a and a biology major as well, who is uh, really great with sort of bioinformatics and, and, and in the whole space. Um, he's been working with me over the last few over the last few months. Um, and we have just a great network, network of, of mentors and advisors, even in the champion urbana com- community that have that have been working with with me. We have a small engineering team in India, um, but, but it's, it's mainly just very few, very few um, trusted folks here that, that are keeping it alive.
0: So, what's the market look like? Who, do you have competitors out there? I mean, do you see the landscape changing? Um, you know, how soon do you feel like you could be full time ingrained in, in a lot of markets and, and get the thing really off and going?
1: Um, to, to answer your competitor's question, we, we, we don't really have direct competitors in India. I would say we have direct competitors in the US, we have direct competitors in, in a lot of lot of countries. Uh, we might have one or two companies that are emerging in India that, that do exactly what we do, maybe. Uh, we tried to Google it, we couldn't find anyone. Um, what's interesting about the market is, is adoption. Um, Adoption for physicians is incredibly difficult because their workflows are so um, permanent, or they're set in stone uh, because they've been doing it for so long. Using a new tool becomes kind of formidable. And so as much as we can lower the barriers for them to use our tool to be able to do certain um, patient-facing things, I think our growth would be directly proportional to a rate of being able to lower that barrier, um, and 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 the, and the market in India looks really good only because there aren't there aren't any large EMR companies that are preventing innovation. Uh, in the U.S., Epic and Cerner are, are two large electronic medical record companies that are very good at preventing people into their preventing people from innovating in their ecosystem. is because they basically have an oligopoly on this whole market of hospitals, and hospitals pay them billions of dollars. And so even implementing very small algorithms becomes extremely expensive. It it runs up to millions of dollars. And so what's interesting is we don't really face the same business forces in India.
0: So because of that, are you targeting developing countries primarily? Absolutely. So beyond India, Sierra Leone, any idea where... The next place you're going to be looking.
1: Um, so Sierra Leone is is sort of a interesting experiment for us. Um, our, our I want to say battleground, but our, uh, our our main market is India. Uh, we want to be able to make sure that we know exactly what we've built. We, our product is 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 refined enough, fits the market well, and we have deployed to hundreds of places at least in India before we can start thinking about moving internationally.
0: Okay. What's the next step for you? What's you mentioned graduating in December? Uh, we've got about nine or ten months until then. What do you hope to have accomplished by the time you graduate?
1: Sure. Um, so we're we're getting ready to apply to some accelerator programs in the valley. Um, we're hoping to. Well, we 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 believe that we're at a we're at a stage where we're ready for some some growth level mentoring some, some some larger pots of money. And, and we know we, we have a customer, so we've found the right uh, sandbox to test some of our hypotheses and our ideas. And so um, we're gonna be applying to certain accelerators that we will presumably take part uh, in the summer. And then we, and, and again, we continue building product every day. We, t- we expect to have five algorithms built out by the end of this year. And we expect to have digitized or integrated Data for half a million patients at, at, our, at our customers' hospital um, in India. And so that's sort of the plan right now. Um, and again, startups, so things change quite a lot, but that, that, that seems to be where we're going for, for 2017.
0: Well, the startup is Invoke Health, and uh, I've been talking to uh, Kali Mayank, uh, the founder, and it uh, sounds like things are, are going well. Uh, we wish you the best of luck and, and uh, come back to, to see us and, and give us an update uh, before too long. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, this, is, this has been great. Thank you. I'm Mike Kuhn. This
1: has been another edition of Illinois Innovators.